0: I believe uh, that if you are very much passionate about your work and you are morally upright and you have good intentions, I don't I don't think you have to put in a lot of efforts to build that relationship.
1: Hi, before we get to this week's podcast, I'd like to tell you that Automated Creative are releasing a book called How to Make It in Marketing, Volume 1. It is a collection of the best marketing career advice we've had from over 200 episodes of the Shiny New Object podcast. You'll hear from some of the biggest, brightest, and best names in the industry showing you Telling you how to grow your career. You can reserve yourself a copy at this URL. So get your pens out. It's bit.ly. So B I T dot L Y forward slash make it in marketing. So that's bit.ly, B I T dot L Y forward slash make it in marketing. But the make it in marketing bit is in capital letters. So bit.ly forward slash lowercase and the rest is make it in marketing uppercase. I think you should get your heads around that and enjoy. It's a great read. Hello and welcome to the Shiny New Object Podcast. My name is Tom Ollerton. I'm the founder of Automated Creative and this is a weekly podcast where I get to interview really smart and lovely people from the industry about what they think the future of the industry is. So I am on a call today with Anju Chohan, who is SVP Marketing at Yes Bank. Anju, for anyone who doesn't know who you are and what you do, can you give us a bit of an overview?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, Tom, for giving me this opportunity. Uh, I'm Anju, and I started in my career uh, in engineering. I'm an engineering graduate. I uh, worked with an IT company, and uh, after that, I did my MBA uh, in marketing. And after that, I worked with an NBFC uh, and was handling marketing. For their home loan product. Then I moved to a bank and uh, I worked in treasury uh, in marketing support. Then I moved to product uh, where I handled a uh, product portfolio and new product launches for a uh, forex card um, that is ICSI bank and after that uh, I worked within a startup uh, for one and a half years but during which there was this whole COVID uh, scenario happened and uh, the startups was not in a good shape and then I moved again back to uh, a bank, uh, currently with YesBank, I am uh, at SVP uh, level in marketing. I, I lead product marketing for liability business of YesBank.
1: I don't know anything about yes Bank. It's a, well, I know a bit more than I used to, but could you help the audience understand more about YesBank? You all, will be bank. Um, f- so familiar.
0: So uh, YesBank is uh, India's uh, among top six private banks. Uh, It is a commercial, fully commercial uh, and retail uh, bank. Uh, Earlier, the Yes Bank was focused more on corporate. Uh, Now, with the changing scenario, we are going more granular. We want to reach uh, the depth of the nation uh, in the rural areas of the nation. Uh, And through, you know, mobilizing liabilities, which is basically uh, the savings account and the fixed deposit, we want to uh, grow as a strong bank. Through which we can, you know, mobilize our funds through loans and uh, sell other products. Um, yes, bank uh, currently uh, is in a very good shape, wherein uh, we we are a fully fledged bank. We are offering different different products to different segments of uh, uh, of of customers, and uh, that's it, I guess.
1: Well, that Angie is is no small feat to to grow a bank in the, uh, obviously the very uh, complex and large market and um, so hopefully with this podcast we'll get some <clears throat> some sense of how you might approach that but um what i'd like to know is in your very very career what are the bad recommendations that you've heard over the years where so you're like oh, i don't agree with that mm.
0: Mm. interesting question uh bad recommendations i think uh, i have Somebody had, a lot of people, in fact, have given me recommendation to, you know, spend a lot of time on building relationships. I believe uh, that if you are very much passionate about your work and you are morally upright and you have good intentions, I don't I don't think you have to put in a lot of efforts to build that relationship. Because when you work with people and when you learn with them and you give something to them, that relationship already gets built up. So, uh, investing or putting a lot of time on building relationship and uh, I feel that it's, you know, it's something which I believe doesn't always, you know, turn up into the uh, expectations or or gives you that results which you're expecting. Uh, this is what I think because I honestly do not put a lot of efforts in building relationships, but I like to work with interesting people and I like to work as a team member and give my best. At the end of the day, you end up having good relationship with your colleagues and with your seniors and, of course, with your juniors. Mm.
1: Oh, I wasn't expecting you to say that. That's a
0: lovely point of view. Could you give me an example of when
1: you have put effort in a relationship and it wasn't worth it and, yeah, how, so and how you came to this realization?
0: Sure, sure, sure. So, I, so there are a lot of networking, you know, events that happen, right? Uh, where as a marketer, you go and meet people. Uh, I have noticed that, you know, you end up meeting a lot of people. You exchange a lot of cards, but at the end of the day, that relationship uh, is is uh, not a solid relationship. Uh, when you work with people and when you uh, you know work as a team, you learn a lot, and uh, that itself, you know, you don't have to invest additional time to it. Uh, you know, you don't have to you know constantly putting effort from your side. It has to be very natural. It 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 it, uh, it has to be. You know, uh, of course, under, you know, in uh, within the professional environment. But too much of, you know, putting effort on that is something I believe is is, is not needed. So
1: what is the best marketing tip that you share with your team most often?
0: Oh, marketing tip, which I would like to share... Um, Actually, I believe that, you know, knowing about the business is very important. When we talk about marketing, we always talk about 4 Ps and, of course, our segmentation and targeting and all these things. Uh, But knowing about the business, the product, uh, what is the sales going on, you know, knowing about how the product is performing in which market, the sales insight along with the consumer insight is something is very much important. We generally focus on the communication. The you know consumer segment we are targeting, but knowing about the business is also very important. Sometimes uh, the market you know the uh, how the market is behaving is the product market fit is already there. All these things is also something you know we should as a marketeer we should you know put lot of our focus on apart from uh, you know the other deliverables which as a marketeer we have to you know deliver. And
1: why is that so important?
0: It's, it's very much important because uh, I have seen various scenarios where uh, the team is constantly working on uh, creating a new proposition, uh, but they don't understand that market is also evolving. You know, the con- consumers are also evolving. So when you compare your product with, of course, the direct and indirect competitors in the market, uh, Understanding your sales numbers, how they are fluctuating, the seasonality, the projections—all these things really helps uh, to understand where exactly your product stands vis-à-vis other competitors' products. And all these insights comes directly from your, you know, sales team and your product teams. And uh, I think as a marketeer, we have to be very much in line. And you know, work jointly with 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 the, all these counterparts, uh, all our counterparts in different teams, to understand how well and how you know how best we can represent our product.
1: So, Angie, I just want to call out the fact that there's quite a lot of noise in the background. And can you explain to the audience why there's so many explosions going on?
0: So today is uh, Republic Day uh, where our constitution was, uh, you know, first time came into being, and. Uh, it's 26th January and it is India's Republic Day and people are celebrating since morning. So that is a reason uh, the celebration is still not <laughs> ended, I believe. It's already it's already 920. No. No. <laughs>
1: most influential people in marketing. Check it out at www.madfestlondon.com. Brilliant. Well, look, I don't want to keep you from any celebrations, but I do want to know about your shiny new object. So your shiny new object is consumer privacy. Very yeah. hot topic. Very big problem uh, for consumer, big big problem. So for for brands... Um, is it great for consumers? Uh, who knows. So, uh, could you just give us an understanding of why consumer privacy is your shiny new object, and why you think it represents the future of the industry?
0: So, I believe that respecting consumer privacy is is a shiny object. is is something which we all, as a marketeer, should keep our eyes on, because considering the new GDPR rules coming up, uh, India is also following, would be following uh, the GDPR rules of. Uh, the eurozone and and there are many other you know regulations coming up to you know to to ensure the consumer privacy is not breached. At the same time, uh, Google and other other uh, you know companies are talking about removing the third party uh, data. Uh, and then it becomes very 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 important for us as a marketer to. To find a, find a fine balance between, of course, reaching out to consumers, making our communication as personalized as possible and targeting our consumer in the best possible way. At the same time, not breaching their privacy. So uh, considering that balance is something which if a brand is able to achieve, they will be going to rule the markets, I believe, uh, as, as far as consumer uh, you know a consumer service or uh, or or you know um uh, delivering to their promises a brand promise is is uh, you know is there so i believe that is why it becomes a shiny new object for me because going forward brands should should really focus on respecting consumer privacy so
1: what does that mean for someone in your position so you've given me the big picture there so What's going to change this year? What's going to well? How are you going to have to adapt? What will that mean in
0: your work? So, uh, if if the if Google comes up with removing third right now, of course they have not completely have kind of postponed their decision of removing the third party data and all 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 these uh, uh, tools. Uh, what makes very important for us is the first party data, which the data which we collect as from consumers. So. Uh, then it becomes very much important as a marketeer to reach out to our consumers and get the first party data from, from them directly, rather than depending on uh, third party data. So then it becomes very much important and challenging for a marketeer to continuously engage with the consumers and deliver them the content, the, of course, the services in the best possible way through which the two-way communication always remains so um i believe as a marketer it becomes then very challenging for us to make your services and your offerings uh in such a way that consumer is always coming back to you and giving their you know responses and feedback
1: and so how do you think brands should approach the fact that? The first-party data is going to be so much smaller than what was available previously.
0: Uh, for banks, of course, first-party data. Since we are a bank, we have access to a lot of data, uh, consumer data. Of course, it is it is uh, you know very well protected. Uh, but we we can you know we can personalize the offerings for our consumers based on uh, the their transaction data and all. Uh, but for other brands, uh, especially for other uh, products where uh, c- consumer buys a product, uh, you know, not that frequently, then it, of course, it becomes difficult. So various brands they try to, you know, engage consumer through different routes, uh, through the content marketing, through, uh, through, through their influencer marketing. They try to have that communication uh, with their consumer, direct communication with their consumer. Mm-hmm.
1: How would you advise someone who is new to the space? How would you, somebody who's maybe new to the industry or has moved into a role where consumer privacy is going to be massive, what advice would you give them? What where is the, the centres of knowledge that they should be paying attention to?
0: So that is a holy grail uh, right now for all the marketeers. Uh, we are looking at ways to... Handle this situation, and that is the reason uh, the whole decision of uh, removing the third-party cookies and other, you know, parameters is being postponed. Uh, all the marketers are still grappling with uh, this 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 whole scenario. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, creating unique properties of where with which you can engage with a consumer becomes very important. At the same time, uh, having a journey wherein uh, a consumer when he's buying a product is goes through a journey and automating that journey a uh, true person communication uh becomes very very much important which gives you a kind of a stickiness uh through which you can uh constantly communicate with a customer consumer and when that communication channel is there the feedback loop always remains so uh I think that is a reason all the brands are trying to track uh all, the, all their consumers through their journeys uh be it onboarding journey or a consumer life cycle journey uh that is a way where you can actually find out and identify the the stage where the consumer is in the in their you know product life cycle in their own consumer life cycle and accordingly you can communicate, upsell or cross-sell your products.
1: So, how much attention have you you been paying to the the Facebook court case in or Meta call case, I should say, in in Europe and in Ireland specifically? Because my read on that is that the the future of the internet is just going to be like a kind of privacy first one. That every digital interaction you have, there will be a consent trigger, um, so that it will slow the whole thing down. Um, but how do you think that brands are going to get around targeting in, in, in their consumers in a, in a way that they won't be able to, that they've got in the way that historically they've been very used to, like target on Facebook, very easy, big up, uh, benefit to that platform. It's going to change, it's going to massively change. So how do you think brands are going to get, get that, uh, not even less not worry about the right message or the right time. How are they going to make sure they're getting ads in front of the right people?
0: So uh, I'll just take a classic example of WhatsApp. So if you see the WhatsApp communication, the WhatsApp channel, which is currently we use in India, you have to take consent from consumer. Uh, so through all our means, through our all our communication, we try to take consent. And uh, only after that, we are able to communicate or promote something on WhatsApp to our consumers. And WhatsApp has uh, given, uh, you know, great opportunities for businesses to increase their business and at the same time ensuring the consumer privacy is maintained. So I think all the brands uh, be and of course uh, social media channels, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or any or Insta, for that matter, they will also follow similar kind of route. And we marketers have to be a little more intelligent in terms of uh, what communication would be preferred by what kind of consumers. Once the consumer sees a value in that information, they definitely and would love to give their consent to, you know, to receive the communication of similar kind. And help
1: me understand uh, WhatsApp's role here, because I was in Singapore and I think I interacted with like four or five businesses within three days on WhatsApp. At the hotel I was staying in, um, and an event I was going to, and it certainly isn't a behavior that we we see in Europe. Like, can you help me understand why WhatsApp is becoming such a prevalent channel um, in in your region where it for some reason hasn't been taken up quite as well in Europe and America?
0: So WhatsApp, uh, if you see the, the penetration of WhatsApp is very high in India. It's majorly because of the high penetration of mobile phones with internet. So in India, uh, the number of internet users, if you see how they have increased, uh, they were Maximum number of more than 70-80% to of users, they were mobile first. They never had a desktop before and they directly moved to mobile. So when uh, Reliance Jio came up with their free internet plan for a limited duration, everyone in India, especially those who were not using internet, they jumped into the bandwagon and they started using that service. After that, because of the stickiness of the product, they remained their customers. And that is the reason all these people for for whom the mobile was was their first device through which they accessed the internet, WhatsApp became their go-to channel. For them, for communication, for uh, uh, interaction with their loved ones, at the same time do transactions because, yes, WhatsApp business is also something which has which is growing rapidly in India where small businesses are doing their businesses through WhatsApp channel. All the brands in India, including banks and various FMCG products and and various other brands they they for them, WhatsApp channel is a very important channel. The reason for that is uh, if you talk about only the matrices uh, like open rate and click rate, whatsapp gives you the highest open rate and highest click rate uh, among all the channels be it uh, sms uh, emailers or any any other channel social media channels uh, and that is the reason whatsapp is 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 a very important channel for marketeers. um the other challenge uh, where marketeers were facing initially was because WhatsApp is, the reach of WhatsApp is very high in India. Everybody wants to communicate through WhatsApp. And that is when uh, a challenge came wherein there was a lot of spamming happening. And then WhatsApp came up with this regulation that you have to take consent from customers. If you do not take consent, a customer can report you. And if a number is reported uh, multiple times, there are chances that you lose that number through which you are communicating to the customer. So a brand or a marketer becomes very, very responsible uh, for communicating uh, to their consumers through the WhatsApp channel. And uh, um, and that is the reason WhatsApp is very, very famous and mostly used in India.
1: So unfortunately, we are at the end of the podcast now. So. If someone wanted to get in touch with you to discuss consumer privacy, WhatsApp, or any of the other things we talked about tonight, where would you like them to get in touch with you and how would you like them to do it?
0: Yeah, so I think uh, I am mostly on LinkedIn. Uh, I've taken a hiatus from Facebook and Insta for some time, uh, but I'm I'm there, available on uh, link- LinkedIn.
1: And what makes a really good LinkedIn message to you?
0: Oh, just... Say hi and refer my, you know, podcast. That is good enough.
1: Ajit, thank you so much for your time.
0: Thank you, Tom. Thank you very much.
1: Hi if possible, don't forget to subscribe. And I'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, if you'd like to speak on the podcast, or be a guest or you think I'm asking the wrong questions, anything. I'd be super interested to hear what you think. So please email me at tom at automatedcreative.net. That's T-O-M at, uh, I'm not going to bother spelling it. Anyway, you'll work it out. Thanks so much.